0: Holy God, you have given us your instructions through the ages, and you have not left us alone. Sometimes we'd really prefer that you left us alone, but you don't. You give us instructions, and you call us to obey and respond in ways that bring honor to you uh, and to your church. So as we look at these words today, God, we pray that once again we may find instruction for our daily lives and our life together in this community of faith. As we offer ourselves to you in Jesus' name, amen. Reading from the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, everybody's favorite devotional book. Chapter 11, beginning with verse 24. Listen for God's word. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 elders of the people and placed them all around the tent, the big tent of meeting out in the wilderness. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on Moses and put it on the 70 elders. And when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but they did not do so again. Two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the Spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, son of Nun, the assistant of Moses, one of his chosen men, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Reading also from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Now, during those days, when the disciples were increasing in number, that means all of the followers of Jesus, the Hellenists, the Greek Jews complained against the Hebrews, the Jerusalem Jews, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. And the twelve called together the whole community of the disciples and said to them, It is not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, Select from among yourselves 7 men of good standing, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task. While we, the apostles, for our part will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, together with Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. They had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. The word of God continued to spread, and the number of disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to serving the Word. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. It takes a community of disciples to make disciples. It takes a community of disciples to make disciples. God deals with individuals in community since the beginning of recorded religious history. We like to talk about the spectrum uh, that extends from individual rights to communal rights, and there's there's a, there's a long strand where you move between those two uh, extremes. And some people favor more individual rights, and some people think that the community is more important. And, and for, for believers, as we look at how God worked with folks, God deals with individuals as individuals. Each of us have our own abilities, our own responsibilities, our own gifts and talents but God deals with individuals in the context of community. We're always seen as a part of community life. Take a look at a couple of examples from from scripture. Now, I realize that there are two stories of creation. Uh, The first story of creation, Adam and Eve are created at the same time, but two people to be together and to share responsibilities. In the second story, Adam is created first, right? And then God says, Adam needs help. And Adam is the Hebrew word. Adam is the Hebrew word for humanity, not just men. But, but God determined that Adam needed help and created Eve out of Adam. So they could live not as two distinct individuals, which of course they were, but in community as a family. Jesus Christ came to the earth and called a gathering of followers into community. We call them disciples. A rabbi would choose 12 followers, so he was within the tradition that was was his. But it wasn't just Jesus running around from place to place. It was Jesus and the disciples because Jesus wanted that community as well. On Pentecost, the Holy Spirit gathers the church as the body of Christ and continues to build that body, not just blessing this individual here and that individual there and sending them all out into their particular uh, areas of of, uh, work, but rather calls them into community and then sends them out to do the work of Jesus in the world. God deals with individuals in community since the beginning of time. And our Christian paradigm then from that is that individuals live and grow in community as disciples of Jesus at work in our world. Folks will come to me. Uh, often, especially folks who are members of the church, and I run into them at uh, wherever, Publix or some other place, and they say, oh, well, you know, I'm a member of the church, but I really don't need the church. Uh, I can be a good Christian and not be a part of the church. And my response is yes, Uh, and you can be a better Christian by being a part of the church. Did you ever think that maybe the church needs you, even if you don't feel like you need the church? if we ask the Holy Spirit to bless us long enough with wisdom, we will seek the fullness of Christ and find a community where we can share our life of faith. Individuals living in community. Human communities require dedicated leaders. We're not just a bunch of folks who wander off every which way on our own. Now, sometimes it seems like that, maybe sometimes even it is true, but but mostly communities need to have leaders, and that is certainly true for Presbyterian churches. We particularly pride ourselves on the high percentage of members who also serve in a leadership capacity in one way or another as elders, as deacons, as trustees, as committee members, as people who serve in ministries out in the community, Uh, as teachers, we have a very high percentage, getting close to 100% of our members who actually serve in leadership capacities in one way or another. That's because that's what we think the Bible tells us we need to do. And what our tradition has established is our way of practicing. So we have a model of leadership in the Presbyterian Church that we believe comes from the Bible. Now it's not the only model that you that churches have, but but it's a good one, and it's who we are, and it's what we believe, and it's how we operate. And here's the key principle of. Presbyterian Church Churches and Leadership. Presbyteroi, in the Presbyterian Church, prayerfully oversee the ministry of the church with the guidance of the Bible and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Presbyteroi. Now that's a Greek word, but you can probably figure that out pretty quickly, right? That's where we get the word Presbyterian from. And what does Presbyterian mean? It means elders. Elders. Elders are the folks who lead Presbyterian churches. Pastors are elders. And we serve with other elders on the body called the session. And the session is the body that oversees, shepherds, rules, runs the church. Now, or elders in this sense, aren't just, just any old bodies. They're quite special because we believe that they stand in succession of the 12 apostles who follow Jesus. You could probably make an argument that there are breaks in that succession somewhere along the way, and there probably are. But from a theological perspective, we believe that our elders today stand in the line of leaders in the church that go all the way back to the apostles of Jesus. Pretty, pretty good company, if I must say so myself. And the responsibility of the elders, ruling elders and teaching elders alike, are to make sure that the church keeps going. And it stays on task and is moving in the direction that brings honor to God. So if we make the argument that the apostles were the first Presbyteroi, which I think this passage from Acts can make a pretty good case for that. Now, there there are other churches who believe, no, no, that they weren't Presbyteroi. They were Episcopoi, which is the word for bishops. I'm fine with that, if you you want to think that the 12 are the first bishops, that works too, but we have chosen to see them as elders in our tradition. And just like the apostles cried out for help, just like Moses cried out for help uh, when he realized that he couldn't do it all by himself, uh, the, the elders cried out for help. And that's what Acts chapter 6 is all about. The church had been growing quite rapidly, and, and many people were coming to be a part of the fellowship. And what happened in the early church was you kind of gave up your other life. A lot of times you sold all of your goods, and, and you relied on the community of the church to take care of you. Sometimes your families kicked you out. The church was your family. And the church had a feeding program, communal meals, where they celebrated the Lord's Supper together. But it wasn't just a little bit of bread and a little sip of juice, it was your meal. So in this early community, it had been growing so rapidly now, they were having um, discussions, intense discussions, arguments, unhappiness. As soon as people get together and they try to accomplish some things, arguments aren't aren't too far behind. That does happen. That that's what happens in communities. And the twelve apostles felt like they were being dragged into these arguments and, and not being able to do the thing that they needed to do the most, which was to devote themselves to prayer and to serving the Word, understanding what Jesus's ministry was in the world. So they needed help. They recognized the need for a group of people called diakonoi, Diaconoi. Now, does that sound like a word we use in our leadership circles? Well, it should, because that's where we get the word deacon from. And so these seven men were chosen to serve as deacons, the kind of the hands, feet, heart, uh, waiters on tables of the early church the people that touch, that touch the members of the community most distinctly and directly in their lives. And so the Prosbyteroi, the elders, blessed these folks, laid hands on them, and gave them specific responsibilities. They were designated and ordained to serve others. When I decided that I was going to change my focus this morning, I'd sent out an email uh, uh, to the staff, and I don't know how it actually got around. I just sent it, and and, uh, Pastor Carol DeGusto sent me an email back and said that she thought it was important for me to know that this very summer, just past, there were 290 contacts made by the deacons of this church people bringing flowers, people visiting in hospitals, people bringing meals, 290 contacts that were made, pastoral contacts, this church reaching out to members and to the community because of the work of the diakonoi, the deacons of this church. What a wonderful thing. Thank you, Carol, for giving that little bit of information that I could load into my message for today. Together... Together, elders and deacons, Presbyteroi and Diakonoi, fulfill Christ's ministry in the church and in the world. That's how we do the work that God has given us to do. And Acts chapter 6, not the only place, but it gives us the biblical support for our system of leadership. Now, I know a lot of you know all of this stuff already, but I like to state the obvious because some people don't know it and because it says something about we do the things we do the way we do for what I think are really solid and biblical reasons. Other traditions have other systems. They have bishops. They have whatever they have. And there's nothing wrong with those other systems. Uh, the, The churches that are built solely around the leadership of the pastor is kind of the key figure, always worry about them because leadership should be shared in the church and not just all stored up in one person. I'm a Presbyterian by choice for that reason. I don't want all that responsibility. And the other thing about it is you don't want me to have all that responsibility in the life of the church. Presbyterian churches rely on elders and deacons. So here's something I want to be very clear about. I've said this before, but I want to make sure that you understand it. This is a read-my-lips moment. Now, you can't read-my-lips because I can't say... Well, I can't say this. Pastors do not run Presbyterian churches. Pastors do not run Presbyterian churches. And actually, that should cause you to rejoice. It causes me to rejoice. Elders, teaching elders, ruling elders together, are folks who oversee and supervise and shepherd the ministry of the church. Staff, we have specific responsibilities that we carry out in a way that makes the elders happy, we hope. But we have specific responsibilities, but it's the It's the elders' responsibility to make sure that we're all functioning in the right way. And deacons are servants who share in the hands-on ministry of the church. These are what we call officers, members of the community of faith, the Church of Jesus Christ, called, elected, and ordained by the congregation and empowered by the Holy Spirit to carry on the work of Jesus Christ in our world. So what's so timely about that? I was not aware of the fact that this little uh, insert was going to be added to our worship for today. I found out after I decided to change my message for this Sunday. It's a ballot for officer nomination. Um, Elders, deacons, and trustees. We also have trustees here. They serve a little bit of a different function Uh, more of a a secular function that's not a negative word, uh, but it's not the same as our elders and deacons. But we are in the process of trying to figure out who is going to lead this congregation for the next three years, along with the pastors and along with the staff. And so it became timely to say, just to remind you again, this is how we do business in this church. Uh, It's Like I say, not the only way to do business in a church, but it's the way that we do business. The nominating committee, not the pastor nominating committee, they've got a different job to do. Uh, But the nominating committee will be looking at your suggestions who might serve for the next three years in these positions. And so, I think it's important for us to remember why we do what we do the way we do it how so incredibly important those positions are. So not only to get you to think about praying for the nominating committee, to pray about yourself, who who might be nominated. Maybe this is the time for you to step up again to serve in one of these capacities. The next three years at Riverside Presbyterian Church Are going to be exciting and crucial as new leadership comes in and looks at who we are and where we need to go. One of the things I remind nominating committees that there are two things actually that they're not allowed to say. They're not allowed to say that it's easy. Being an elder deacon trustee is not easy. And they're not allowed to say it doesn't take much time. Oh, you can be an elder. It's easy. It doesn't take much time. You just lied twice. It's not easy, and it takes time. And it's challenging and rewarding. You, the elders... And to a certain extent, the deacons, but the elders in particular, get to be a part of the apostolic succession of the Church of Jesus Christ that goes all the way back to that beginning uh, in Jesus' day. Not to mention, you get to be a part of the developing future of Riverside Presbyterian Church. Sometimes, sometimes, what happens during interim periods is that people kind of step back and they lay back and they ease up and they say, yeah, I'm just going to take a little break and I'm going to see what happens. Um, I can't force you not to do that and it does happen, but I want to encourage you not to drop back, but rather to step up and not wait to see what happens, but to make it happen. Because elders in particular, but deacons as well are folks who are the ones who make church life happen along with the staff. So don't drop back. Take a look at your own life. Take a look at the responsibilities. Take a look at the folks around you, and take a look at yourself and see whether this might be the time where God is calling you to continue this great work, the community of the church of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for this teaching from his holy word. Amen.